What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, follow us at YA underscore Power of Love. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you later. Well, hello, hello, Houston young adults. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to season three. And most importantly, welcome to the year 2021. I hope that you are excited to see the greatest days ahead of us in this year, all because of what the Word of God promises us, of course. And so you're in the right place at the right time listening to this to build up your spirit. And obviously, you, um, you know, you, as you take in the Word of God today, know you're being taken to new levels as it gets planted on the inside of you. And as you continue in it, as you continue to exercise the word and actually walk out all the things that you're learning, you're going to see the greatest days ahead of you. And so with that, we're excited. We're going to, I'm going to bring the word today and I have kind of a lot. So I'm going to jump right in. I want to talk today about our time of uh, consecration unto the Lord that we always do at the church, Power of Love Church. And, you know, as believers, we live the life of faith. We always know that the Lord has more for us. He calls, he calls us to, to, to give more of our, ourselves unto him continuously. And if we want to see the upward and the, um, the more that God has, the forward motion in our Christian life, it's a continuation always. We have to always be putting ourselves in that place with the Lord where we're strengthening our relationship with him and we are uh, consecrating time unto him to seek him, to seek his will, to seek his way and to pray. And so we always do that at the beginning of the year. We take a time to pray and fast before the Lord and we're doing 21 days. We started January 2nd. So if you haven't heard about it quite yet, it's not too late to jump on in. If you've never prayed and fasted before, I'm sure you've prayed, um, but this is a time of fasting. So it's, it's a time of putting away the food and actually saying, you know what, I'm instead of eating during my lunch hour, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to set aside time to pray and seek the Lord. And always when we do that, it's not a a time of uh, religious activity. It's not trying to, uh, you know, put yourself in this place where I have to do this in order to be made right with God. No, no, no. The time of prayer and fasting is a time to seek God and to give ourselves more unto him. And in return, there are benefits and there are rewards that come from seeking the Lord. The Bible says that those who diligently seek me, I will reward them. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we know also from the word in the book of James that it says, when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So you're just drawing near to the Lord, strengthening your relationship with him and seeking his face for this next year. And you surely will see the promises of God fulfilled in your life as you just set aside this time to seek the Lord in prayer and fasting. So that said, I have four or five points I wanna go over on what what we receive from prayer and fasting. And the first thing is uh, power, power. And we can read about this in two, uh, two accounts of the Gospels in the book of Luke and also in the book of Matthew. They're both chapter four, but it talks about Jesus's time of fasting. 
he had 40 days where the spirit of the Lord led him out into the wilderness. And it says during that time he was fasting and he was very hungry. But what's very interesting is at the end of the account in Luke 4, it says that he returned to Galilee full of and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So after his 40 days of prayer and fasting, it says that Jesus came out of that fast. He was full of and in the power of the Holy Spirit. I like what it says in Matthew 4 in the TPT version. It says that he was led in order to reveal his strength against the accuser. So this power that we're talking about is not physical strength, physical power, because obviously your flesh is weakened during this time. You're putting your, your, your flesh at its weakest point. When your flesh is deprived of food, your flesh is hungry and it's weak. And it becomes uh, very, uh, uh, very not dominant during that time. And what becomes dominant is your spirit. So we're talking about increase of spiritual power when you fast. And so fasting will break through and unveil and release spiritual power from within you. It's going to release and unlock spiritual strength from within you. And again, this always goes back to, you know, we're not putting our confidence in the flesh. That's what Paul said in, um, in one of his letters, put no confidence in the flesh. So we want to rely completely and solely on the power of Jesus to be our source of supply to do the needful in our life. And Jesus even said the flesh profited nothing. The flesh profited nothing. So, you know, we might, we might, We might feel strong in the flesh at one moment. We might wake up and you feel strong. You feel good. You feel rested. You feel, you know, like you can take on the day. But then the next day you might be like, I'm tired. And then you feel like you don't have strength to conquer your day. But that's not the power that we, we, uh, that we draw from. We draw from the power of Jesus. And so ultimately we can know when, just like as Jesus came out in power, so are we to face every battle, everything that comes our way in our life. And so in this account in Luke 4 and Matthew 4, Jesus was tempted. He was trialed. He went through testing by the enemy. The enemy came his way and he ultimately was testing Jesus in, in several areas of, um, of the word. You know, he, he tempted and tried Jesus on, is this God's will for you? Is this God's plan? Maybe you should you know, succumb and and do this plan. He ultimately offered him his way, Satan's way of doing things. And then he tested him again on how to utilize God's power in his life. And then he, he, he was testing him more so on the, you know, doing only what the father tells him to do. And so all these areas, the enemy has very few tricks. He will try to deceive and uh, to trick you in many ways, um, but they all are rooted in the same things. And just as Jesus was tried and tempted, it says that he overcame this power, this spiritual power that was released, even though his flesh was in its weakest place, this power that he received from God to withstand and resist and submit only to God's will 
and to not back down on the opposition that came his way from the enemy, even in the midst of, you know, contrary circumstances, even when he was hungry, even when he was weak in his flesh, the power of God within him proved to be the strength needed to overcome every obstacle, every trial, every temptation of the enemy. And how much do we need this? We need this ability to stand every test. We need this, uh, this ability to endure. And so his strength that was developed during his time of prayer and fasting resulted him in him being able to be triumphant in every single trial his coming his way. So we can expect as we do the same, as we pray and as we fast, there is power, spiritual power, spiritual strength, spiritual might that comes only from the spirit of God that's going to enable us in the coming days to conquer and to overcome and to be victorious in everything that comes our way. We don't have to go through ups and downs in lives and we don't have to be uh, always be in this place of hitting, hitting brick walls and having to, to back down because we have things that come our way that we just can't conquer. We need God's power. We're, we have to be in that place where a man, Lord, I'm desperate for your power in the face of all adversity. I want to be standing strong. I need your power to withstand and resist. And so the, the fasting and prayer will break forth spiritual power from within you that's veiled behind the flesh. And it's going to come forth in the power that uh, comes from your spirit and not your flesh. That's point number one uh, that comes with prayer and fasting. And the second point I want to talk about, I'm flipping because I have notes in different places in my journal. The second point that I want to talk about is probably one of my favorite besides power is this uh, is guidance is leading and it's vision from the Lord. So that's another benefit from praying and fasting is that you will receive guidance leading from the Lord and vision from the Holy Spirit. And so we can see this in several places I'm going to walk you through. First is in Isaiah 58 verse 8 and this is our famous um the famous chapter in the book of Isaiah on fasting. And verse 8 says, Your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Your righteousness shall go before you. So who is your righteousness? Your righteousness is Jesus Christ. He, the Bible says that he has become our righteousness, our redemption, our sanctification, and our wisdom. So Christ, our righteousness, shall go before you. Christ is going to lead your life. In your time of prayer and fasting, seek the Lord for his leadership, for his guidance. Ask the Lord for vision for your coming year. If you ever are faced with a, a situation in life where you're trying to decide, make a decision, it is of uh, uh, utmost importance to be able to set aside some time to seek the Lord in prayer and fasting and ask the Lord, what would you have me to do? Guide me. Lead me by my spirit and not by what my flesh wants. So, you know, when he leads, we follow in his ways. And his ways are right ways. His paths for us are right. His decisions for us are always right. They're right, 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 and right. And I'm telling you, in this day more than ever, I want to make sure I'm on the right path. You get yourself on a wrong path and you find yourself in a place where you don't want to be. And you can get there super quickly. But the Lord 
when he is your righteousness, he shall go before you. And the Bible tells us in, in, um, in, also in the book of Isaiah that he will make crooked paths straight. The Lord can actually make ways for you. He's the way maker, like that song that we sing. He can pave a way when there seems to be no way. And he will actually light up the path for you to take. He will open up doors for you and make sure that doors are shut when they need to be shut. So he can actually open up doors that you can never open on your own through prayer and fasting. And he can shut doors that need to be shut in your life to say, I'm not going that way anymore. Praise the Lord that he'll do that. Praise the Lord that he will. He wants you to be on the right path so much that he will do just that. To shut doors and open doors to make sure that you're going in the right way. Amen. And, and then he also will make level and clear your way so that you're not stumbling. He's going to make sure that if there's mountains in your life, if there's obstacles in your path, he will go before you and clear that path, making it smooth, making it straight, making it so that you can walk freely without stumbling. And that comes through that your fasting and prayer. And um, you know what follows this scripture in verse 8 is as your, as your righteousness, as Christ goes before you, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. So your rear guard is what is following you, what's behind you. So when you are following God's divine leading, you are going to experience his glory. Why? Because the, in this place, impossible situations become possible. Where there was no way, now there's a way for you to walk. Where there was obstacles, now the, 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 the land has been made plain. It's been made uh, insignificant. It's been made path for you to walk in and for you to have steps to, to actually cross over things that needed a bridge before. The Lord will make the unthinkable come to pass in your life. And so that truly when people will see your life, the life that you live is going to magnify God. It's going to bring great glory to the God. Glory to the to God. He's the one that showed you. He's the one that revealed this path, this path, and this plan for you. And He's the one that gave you power to take you there. And that and and in that place, there's going to be such great victory. And that's where God's glory will be magnified in your life. I love that scripture in Philippians where Paul, where Paul said, "No matter what, whether I live or whether I die, Christ will be magnified in my life. The glory of the Lord follows when." follows you in your life whenever you are following in his footsteps when you're following the righteous one when you're following jesus christ and when we know that he is the one that's giving us guidance and leadership when we can take his steps we can be sure that the glory of the lord will be followed will will follow us as we do in verse 11 of isaiah 58 It says, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones and you shall be like a well-watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So his guidance is our promise of always being satisfied. And I love this because it's our assurance also to always have provision, to always be filled with his spirit and to always be strengthened and refreshed. You know, there's nothing like being right smack dab in the middle of God's will. You know, things, uh, things that should shake you 
don't shake you, when there's drought, when there's, um, you know, lack of anything, the things that should shake you, there's joy in your role. There's confidence that I am where I need to be. There's assurance that he's got me. And if he has led me here, then I will truly never fail. I'm never going to lack and I'm always going to be satisfied. Amen. Luke 4, Luke 4, let's go to Luke 4 in verse 17 and 18. This is when after Jesus was fasting and praying, he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit, it says, and it says that he opened up the scroll and found where it was written. And this is where Jesus begins to speak in the synagogue and tell people what he's discovered about himself. This is Jesus communicating for the first time that I have received the vision from the Lord. This is who I am. God's revealed this to me. And this is what my mission is. So he had understanding and revelation from the word of God. And he points to this scripture in Isaiah and begins to speak out. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for God has anointed me. He knew his purpose and his plan, and he has received vision from the Lord on who he was. And as a result of this time of prayer and fasting, he received the plans for his life. And not only the plans, he received the grace and the power and the anointing to carry them out. We can expect that ourselves as we pray and fast that the lord will give us vision for our future that we're going to come out with a word in our belly we're going to come out with a word that we're going to know this is this is what the lord has for me this is what the lord would have me to do this is going to be uh this is the the vision that the lord has for me we're going to see it in our spirits and maybe not with our physical eyes but with our eyes of faith with our eyes of our spirit and we will have vision to go and do what the Lord has for us in the coming days. I have a couple more scriptures that is uh, in relation to the guidance that comes from prayer and fasting. In Acts 13, verse 2, it says that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. So there is instruction and direction that came from the Holy Spirit as they were fasting. And actually God's plan for them was revealed. And as they were seeking him, they were, you know, they weren't just going to go and do their own thing. They, they sought the Lord and they took time to make decisions according to what the Lord instructed them. That's the same thing for us. You know, if we have um, the hand of the Lord uh, behind everything that we set out to do, we don't have to um, settle for our ways of doing things. We don't have to settle for, I guess I'll just do this. I guess I'll just go this path. But when we seek the Lord, he will show us, he will show us glory to God. Glory to God. And in 2 Chronicles 20, this is the last verse that I want to go over. And this is an amazing story. If you haven't read this before, take time to read the entire chapter. I'm going to paraphrase it and focus in on one verse. But, you know, they had um, an army that was coming against um, the, the land. And the king set out to pray and fast because ultimately they didn't they didn't know how to approach the situation because this was a mighty, a mighty army that was coming against them. And in verse 12, it says, for we have no 
no might to stand against this great army that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. What, what humility in that prayer of knowing, man, God, I don't know what to do in this situation, but I thank you that you do. We need God's help. And when we turn to him and trust and saying, God, I don't know what to do. It could be in the day of trouble. It could be when we need mercy from the Lord. We don't have the answers, but God has the answers. He always knows how to fix every impossible situation. And our role is to go before the Lord, approach him, not man, not, you know, Google, not, uh, not our best friends, though best friends, they might guide us to lead, to, to lead us back to the Lord. But we know that our God can do the incurable. He can cure the incurable. He can make possible the most impossible situations. He can produce the greatest turnarounds that you've ever seen in your life. And even, even when the, the time seems hopeless, the, King Jezebel, um, not Jezebel, what am I saying? King Jehoshaphat in this case knew, man, my situation right now seems hopeless, but I think the Lord, that I know him and that he knows exactly what to do. And the, the, the Lord will declare to you the victory word that you need. In this case, the Bible said that the Lord came and said that this battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. And so we can rest assured that the Lord has a victory for us planned and he can produce the hope that you need in the time that you need it, the victory that you need at the time that you need it and the turnaround that you need in the time that you need it.